Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. I'd like to introduce our guest uh, who is going to discuss with me uh, something that I, I feel quite emotional and heart sore about and you'll discover why. And I'm talking to Julia Evans, who is a journalist with the Daily Maverick. Julia, welcome to the program. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Uh, Julia, you wrote an article, this week, I think it was this weekend, about the essentially the, the slow death of, of the Johannesburg Art Gallery. Yeah. Um, I The reason I was so keen to, uh, to contact you was because it, it was very much a feature of my life growing up, which probably gives my age away. And I watched it, it sort of say from an old-fashioned colonial style, colonial art gallery with works of art that dated back through uh, in the 19th and 20th centuries and to the addition of to the art gallery that that created a space for more modern uh, more varied works before we look into what's happened to it perhaps could you give us a little bit of a history of the gallery um, when it was opened and and the and the architect yeah, of course. So the collection was actually first opened in 1910 on a temporary premises, which was the South African School of Mines and Technology. But then they commissioned an architect called Edwin Lutyens to design, uh, which is like the main building of JAG when you first walk into it. And that was built and moved in 1915. And then over the years, more sections were added onto the gallery which are the Lucian's building is that first building with the columns that you see when you first get in there. So yeah, that's when it was opened. And then there's some really, really incredible works there, like Pablo Picasso, like Francis Bacon, there's Monet, um, there's Renoir's, there's Rembrandt's, just to name a few of those are like the European masters. Um, and then later on in the 80s, more African works were acquired. So yeah, it's got some, it's like millions and millions rand's worth of art and also obviously significant heritage in there so it's it's very important it's actually quite a quite an extra it's not a big uh, collection but it's quite an extraordinary collection uh, given the it, it actually is it's time. it's like over ten thousand um works yeah and it, it's hard to say but some people have said it's the biggest collection in africa or mm. even in the southern hemisphere it's it's hard to say which is the biggest collection but it's it is very massive but i um as with most galleries, I didn't actually know this, but in most galleries, the majority of the works are stored in the um, basement or in the mm. vault. And then uh, at this gallery, only 10% of the works are on display at a time because they just don't have the space for 10,000 works, as you can imagine. Gosh, okay. Well, that probably explains explains my mis, uh, misperception because it's it's yeah. not a big gallery um, in, the, no. in uh, European or, or, or American terms. Um, yeah. So you tend one tends to think it's it's small, but it's it's uh, that is uh, that is very impressive. Yes, I am aware that galleries generally tend to have much more in their vaults than they do hanging mm. at any one time. Yeah. What I want to look at now, the interesting thing about the gallery is it's in bang slap bang in the middle of Jubilee Park. Yeah. And yeah. Jubilee Park, I think, has forever been sort of semi high rise high rise area it's, it's always been a little bit there's, there's always been a bit of a, 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 a dichotomy between the area itself and the placing mm. of the gallery in the, uh, in yeah. the park grounds yeah exactly i what then becomes quite dismaying uh, reading through your article is that the former curator christopher till 
uh, describes his experience of going through the gallery as it's pretty much as it stands now. What could you give us a bit of a breakdown of what his observations were? Yeah, of course. So Christopher Till was the um, director of the gallery in the 80s. And he said when he was there, it was like a vibrant, like wonderful experience. Uh, and it was sort of its heyday. And then a month ago, a colleague of him told him to go and uh, visit because things have obviously changed. And he said it was like walking through a graveyard in the, in the sense that like the, the building has really started to deteriorate. If you go in there, there's cracks in the ceiling. There's like rubble in the courtyard, there's pigeon droppings. I mean, like some of the galleries are in good condition. When you first enter the Phillips Gallery, which is the main gallery, mm. um, at first glance, it, it does look quite good. But then literally the cracks do start to appear. Like if you look at the ceiling, you can see the cracks. And then as you walk through the gallery, um, some of the lights don't work. And then, uh, and then many of the sections are now closed off because the ceilings are so deteriorated that when it rains, water literally gushes down or drips down so they can't store works there anymore so that's closed off to the public yeah like they they used to be a coffee shop like that's not there anymore the mm. I, I don't know it's it's very strange and like you said there is like a very weird contrast with it being like in the hub of Hillbrow it's it is like a graveyard it's and it's so very quiet if you go there you might be the only person there like you'll arrive and then you'll be driving through the streets of Hillbrow and there's just so many people bustling along the streets and they're walking and they're getting along their day and then you turn into the parking lot of the gallery and it's just this big parking lot that's completely empty mm. and and it's it's kind of eerie almost and then you and then you walk through and and yeah you might be the only person there it's it's very strange it's it's a weird contrast it's and yeah it's it's like this weird like sense it's like this big colonial building in the midst of yeah, like Central Hillbrow, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's a very strange feeling going there, actually. I think one just talking about it being a colonial um, building in the middle in the middle of sort of mod, modern Hillbrow Jubilee Park. In a way that there was there was a funny appeal of that. It it was it, it was sort of all aspects of Johannesburg in one place. Some of the history where we are now. And I can't remember when the last time was I went there, but it it it, it 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 was very much that very much that mix. Are there any people seemingly employed in the in the gallery? Yeah, no, definitely. So the creator in chief is Kwesi Gule, um, and he's fantastic. And then there are several other creators there, and they they do an amazing job. They really do. They're so passionate about their work, and their exhibitions are great. They it's not it's not their fault for sure. So yeah, yeah, and they've they've done a lot of amazing exhibitions in the past, and they work really hard. But it's yeah, it's not really their fault that um, the state is where it is, you know. Yeah, well, whose fault is it? Well, okay, so it's it's I suppose the city of Joburg because they do they do own the gallery, so they're they're the ones who provide the budget, they pay the salaries, and they're meant to oversee the maintenance of the structure. So I suppose. So there's, there's like sort of a few reasons for that. Maybe the first reason is that the arts aren't really a priority. Um, so the city manages a portfolio of museums, um, including like Hector Peterson Museum, Museum Africa, um, and all of them, apparently, I spoke to the old director of arts, culture and heritage, um, Stephen Sachs, and he said this portfolio of museums is poorly resourced. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a bit priority because they've got, you know, water, um, like transport, other things to focus on. 
so yeah, there's a combination of that, but even with the funding, um, so, okay, so in, in the 80s, in 1986, this a second part of the gallery was, was built to expand mm. it. And that was built really poorly from the start, like from the first rains, as they said, things mm. started to leak. That, that new part of the building was just badly built. And then from there, maintaining the building, it didn't go well, like in part because... Um, so like the, the last renovations that happened, they got a great heritage architect in Jonathan Stone. Um, and he apparently, I haven't spoken to him, but for what I've been told, he pulled his hair out in frustration because the contractors that were hired um, from the city had no experience in heritage architecture. Mm-hmm. So and heritage architecture is a very niche and specialized sector. So yeah, in large part, it's due to the contractors who had no experience and they completely sort of messed up the renovation. And yeah, we're still here today with what we have. No, uh, that's that's sort of a, a point that gets raised in, in the context of a number of areas that require maintenance or repair, not just art. And that is that mm-hmm. very often contracts are awarded to people for whatever reason, but whatever the reason is, it isn't for the maintenance of and the skills yeah. for the specific area. Yeah. Um, it, does the province have any responsibility or is it purely the, the uh, city, city council? Yeah, I think it would be municipal level. I did speak to um, the city of Johannesburg spokesperson um, and he said that the, um, there's a long history of misdiagnosis of the infrastructural and design problems that have gotten progressively worse over the years mm. and not through a lack of trying. Mm. Um, so that's what he said. Yeah, I would say municipal level. Yeah. So it's probably it's it's as much a matter of skill and knowledge as uh, that's that's yeah. missing or inadequate. Uh, yeah, funding in and then also hiring the wrong contractors, basically. You mentioned that the the art that is being stored is potentially at risk from being damaged for presumably yeah. all of these reasons. Do you know if there's any possibility of of at least removing the art to store it elsewhere. Yeah, yeah so um, they, apparently there was a meeting, um, I think 10 days ago, and they're definitely considering the option of a public-private partnership. And mm-hmm. uh, So Anglo-American has been a really big part of the gallery for many years. There's actually mm-hmm. a Centurion Trust, the Anglo-American Centurion Trust, um, which provides uh, the museum's, uh, the gallery's acquisition budget. And so I spoke to the spokesperson of Anglo and he said it would be speculative at this point to confirm, but there are rumours that perhaps the collection, either as a satellite site while the gallery is being renovated or, you know, maybe permanently, I'm not sure, they might move it to um, the Anglo building in Marshalltown, 44 Mm -hmm. Main Street. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is an option, but it's definitely not confirmed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But everyone that I've spoken to in the art community seems like the main priority at this moment would be to relocate the pieces to keep them safe and then Mm. see where to go from there. Perhaps a question that uh, I hadn't sort of raised is, is, well, no, I had, uh, is there a future for the gallery or where it is or should it be built somewhere else or perhaps should there be no gallery at all? I think there definitely is a future. And the reason that I say that is because of the art community in Johannesburg and in South Africa, 
so I'm sure you know as a journalist, sometimes it's hard to track down sources and get people to talk to you. But with this story, it was honestly so easy to collect information because mm. everyone I spoke to, creators, heritage architects, actual artists, um, art professors, you know, directors of arts and culture, everyone was so willing to literally spend an hour chatting to me about this because they're genuinely so passionate about the collection and about sustaining like arts and culture in our city. Like it's, it's really been very amazing to see how much passion there is. And people are working incredibly hard to try to keep this collection around. And I, I'm very certain that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's hard to say what exactly the future will look like. I, but I think they definitely will be. Um, this collection will still be around. And I think there still will be a Johannesburg Art Gallery. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, I swear, like there's different perspectives. Like um, Jillian Carmen, who was a creator um, in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. at the gallery, she would love it to stay um, at, the, the, at the original building because it's, it's such a, you know, historic and beautiful mm-hmm. building. But then I've spoken to other people like people who work at Friends of the Jag who say it is a beautiful building, but the priority is the collection and the building just, it's not working at the moment. So we're going to have to move it. So I think it possibly might move, but I think the the collection, I think, and Johannesburg Art Gallery, I think it's definitely still going to be around because there's genuinely so many people passionate about it. And even mm-hmm. when I wrote this article, there was a lot of people like you who said, I visited this when I was younger and it was absolutely amazing. And I'm sad to hear this. Yeah, there was maybe one person who was like, oh, shouldn't we be speaking about more important things? But I think, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things that's like, it's sort of like the reason to live, like a lot of, you know, things in the arts and we need it. And I I think there's a lot of people that are fighting hard to to keep it alive. Yeah. Now, I have to agree with you. Uh, having managed a symphony orchestra um, in my career, yeah. um, there, there is, there's no argument because essentially usually the arts relatively speaking um don't doesn't get this don't get the sort of funding that uh, mm. that the necessary areas do get so should we perhaps given the fact that there are there have been museums and galleries built since uh, since since democracy new 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 buildings perhaps we should just say, okay, look, it served its time. Let's create a new entity in an area that, you know, a lot of people obviously will be afraid to drive into the area uh, mm-hmm. the stage, rightly or wrongly, and put it in an area, create an, a, a gallery in an area where people, which is accessible to people from sort of all directions. Yeah, um, exactly. And it's make it more viable. Uh, maybe yeah. we just, we have to accept that the times have changed. Yeah, exactly. I, I know, like... <laughs> I also spoke to one heritage architect, Brian McKinney, and he said it is quite inaccessible. And um, Stephen Sachs, who's the director um, a few years back, he said when he was considering, right, when he wrote a report about it, he considered, is it safe for a woman to travel there? Mm. Like, how would you feel? And the answer was no. And I obviously visited there and it, it was, you know, but at the same time, it's, um, there are some people who say, well, then that's not fair to move it, they said, to the northern suburbs because then it's not accessible people in the southern suburbs so yeah I'm not sure it's 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 tough to wear where yeah. to move I, I I think in much the same way that um, you've got the Anglo created further head offices in town mm. and you have something like uh, the apartheid museum where it is and and and, art, uh, and the um, 
gallery in Newtown, that one doesn't have to make it exclusive. Uh, you can yeah. literally okay. make it in some way that the people can access whether they uh, uh, whether they buy car or taxi or bus or whatever it may be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think um, Christopher Till said this as well, and many people said there's there has to be a new way that we look at museums and galleries and mm -hmm. and how we and how they're integrated within social issues and with communities and trying to make them accessible to the new generation which is really important because there is a new generation of art enthusiasts who would be and who are um, very interested in this collection um i think yeah i think it's not a bad idea maybe maybe marshall town um, and also what a lot of people said is um we need a social compact to um mm. like you know, our president's constantly saying we need different aspects of the community and the government to work together. Mm. Like as much as I wanted to highlight how serious sort of the issue is, I don't want people to be disillusioned and mm. to, you know, sort of hate the municipality, obviously. Like we have to work together and everyone does seem to be, um, yeah, genuinely trying. And yeah, as I said, there was a meeting held like a week and a half ago about what the next plans are so hopefully things are going to change soon okay as, as you as you correctly said it's it's not the gallery that's important it's what's in the gallery that matters um, yeah. julia thank you very very much for your time it was really nice to canvas yeah a an issue that is political but it's also it's it's about what's positive and uplifting in in life thank you for joining us thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed it pleasure